Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the Balance Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. Today, we are chatting with a human who lives a very soul on fire life in every single definition of the word. I love him so much. I've been a fan of him for so many years, long before I ever had a podcast or even a blog for that matter. I was going into Sun Life Organics in Malibu and Khalil Rafati started Sun Life back in around the end of 2011, early 2012. He's truly so next level. I read his book, I Forgot to Die, when it came out about three or four years ago, all about his struggle with drug addiction, living on the street being homeless, hitting the absolute bottom of the barrel, truly living a life where he should have died so many different times. And now he owns the best smoothie and juice shop, Sun Life Organics. They have food. They have so many amazing, delicious organic smoothies and matcha and bowls and coffee and juices. And he has 400 employees. 10 locations with five on the way. So if you don't live in LA, they're opening now in, well, I believe they already opened in Scottsdale. They're opening in Austin, Tribeca, which I'm so excited about since I used to live in the West Village and Tribeca totally has my heart and they need something like Sun Life. Where else? A couple other places that he mentions in the episode. So if you don't live in LA, hopefully soon you'll have access to Sun Life wherever you live because my projection for Sun Life is that they're just going to keep growing and growing in the most beautiful and organic ways. Khalil's passion radiates through every single Sun Life location. When you walk in there, the atmosphere is so blissful. There's crystals everywhere. Some of the most beautiful, huge amethysts I've ever seen. Everybody is incredibly kind because I believe that kindness trickles down from the people at the top, Khalil and his business partners. And his zest for life is displayed in 
the amount of time and energy he puts into sourcing every single ingredient. If you follow him on Instagram, which you should, if you don't yet, Khalil Rafati, he shares all of his travels to places like Peru and Japan, where he sources his maca and his matcha and a bunch of different superfoods from all over the world. What did he tell me that he sourced in Brazil? We talk about it in this episode. I guess we'll find out together when we listen. I just recorded with him and my mind is spinning because I'm so inspired by him. If you guys have been listening for a while, you know that I kind of have this thing where I can see people's faces shapeshift into their souls and their kind of just like see their souls on their face. You could call it their aura. I can literally see their heart radiating through them when they're a very tapped in person. This usually happens with shamans and people who have done a lot of inner work. And the whole time that we recorded this interview, Khalil's face was lighting up in these bright white lights. And I was honestly getting distracted because his face was just shape-shifting in the most beautiful way. I can't even tell you guys how beautiful and pure his soul is. He has risen from the depths of despair and such just a difficult life, just heartbreaking childhood and adolescence of crime and violence. He's a convicted felon. He was homeless on the streets of downtown LA, uh, addicted to heroin, just As he'll explain in this episode, his skin was rotting, his teeth were falling out. He was not looking too hot. And if you ever get a chance to read his book, I Forgot to Die, which I highly recommend, you'll see his photo on the cover. He looks nothing like that today. He is so strong and healthy. His skin glows. He takes such good care of himself. He eats completely organic food. And he lives a life of love and spirituality and healing and inspiration. Ugh, I could just go on and on. I'm so inspired by him. We tell a little story in this episode about something really kind that he did for Jonathan, my fiance, back in the day when Jonathan was young and didn't realize how much organic smoothies cost. So there's just a whole lot of amazingness happening here, and I'm so excited for this episode to come out. So Khalil, you are incredible. Thank you so much. I can't wait for you to come on a hundred more times because we could talk forever. Um, He brought me a Sun Life matcha with oat milk and raw honey, and I feel so good right now. I feel lots of clean energy and adrenaline from this matcha. It's the best tasting matcha I've ever had. And before we dive into the episode, just a couple different things. Number one, our Soul on Fire Facebook group, Soul on Fire podcast tribe is popping. And we've gotten so many new people in the group lately, introducing themselves and setting up meetups in different towns that they live in all over the country. Well, there are people in it from all over the world. So hopefully we'll have some international meetups happening soon. 
Um, but I'm so inspired by everybody in that group and just your willingness to share and help people with what they're going through. We tell our triumphs and our victories in there. And if you're in the group and you haven't shared yet something that's happening in your life, good or bad, because we're there to support you, um, please do. And if you're not a part of the group, head to Soul on Fire Podcast Tribe on Facebook and join. I'm having a lot of fun hanging out in that group and connecting with people. You guys are so awesome. And also, if you haven't had a chance to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, it would mean so much to me if you have the time or if you're able to find the time to just head to iTunes, rate and review the show, and send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalanceblonde.com. I'll send you my yoga ebook for free. It's 200 plus pages of yoga flow and breaking down poses and telling my yoga journey, Sanskrit glossary, etc. Very, very excited to share that with you guys. So that's a free gift. If you're able to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and send me a screenshot. And lastly, before we jump into this episode with Khalil, let's thank our sponsors for today's episode, the fabulous Silver Fern. So I love Silver Fern so much that I'm actually creating a product with them. This is exciting and I haven't talked about it that much because products take quite a bit of time to come to fruition. But when we're able to share what the product is, I will. And I want you guys to know this is something that I've wanted to exist for a while, which is why I went to them and asked them if we could do this together. I love the people behind Silver Fern brand. Charity Lighten was on episode 106 of this podcast. Go listen to it to learn all about gut health, digestive enzymes, probiotics, and her incredible story helping her husband heal from cancer and just taking care of him and being an amazing wife and mother. Charity is a goddess in human form. Uh, You can use the code blonde at silverfernbrand.com to shop the best probiotics on the market that are scientifically proven to live once they hit your gut and actually do the job of spreading the good gut bacteria in your tummy, which is why we take probiotics in the first place. They have incredible digestive enzymes that I take with every meal that I've also gotten my parents hooked on. They have kids products. They have fiber. They have everything a healthy person could want in their tool belt. So check them out. I'm such a huge fan of Silver Fern. Go to silverfernbrand.com. Use the code blonde at checkout and check out all the educational videos that they have. They can teach you all about gut health and why it's important. As you guys know, I only have sponsors on this podcast who I use every day who are rocking my world and who are kind people. Because if we've learned anything from this interview with Khalil, which I can't wait for you to hear, it's the people behind a company that make the brand. Um, We could go so many places to get our products these days, but you want to, or at least I want to support people who are incredible, who are also supporting small businesses like mine. 
and just being all around good people who are making the world a better place. So head to silverfern.com, use the code blonde and shop around, try the probiotics, try my favorite chocolate protein powder. Send me a picture on Instagram if you try and tell me how it is. And without further ado, let's head into this episode with Khalil, someone who inspires me just more than anything on this planet. Khalil, you're incredible. Let's dive in. So I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you, Jordan. I'm it, happy to be here. Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming Whew. to have you on. Sorry. No, don't be sorry ever. I'm like it's, the worst. I just, I, my, my schedule literally will change from day to day. And by change, that could mean I'll be in the South of France in three days. You know, like mm-hmm. I have, I have no idea where I'm going to be sometimes from moment to moment, but I mean, it's exciting. I'm definitely not complaining, but it, it makes it exciting. very, very challenging to schedule stuff like this. So although, you know, Tarot from mm-hmm. Four Sigmatic, yeah, yeah Tarot was just like, dude, you, how, how have you not been on Jordan's show? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. How do I get on there? Right? He's like, let me introduce you. So yes. I desperately wanted to do this. Um, it just seems like every single time we scheduled it, I was out of the country or out of the state. So, so do you usually travel for to source ingredients for work or also just for fun and you're just a spontaneous person. So yeah. Um, you know, I always say to people, I didn't crawl my way out of hell to have an ordinary life. And, and I believe that wholeheartedly. And I definitely, I'll go anywhere, especially if it's like, you know, I have a lot of rich customers and a lot of rich friends. And like, Mm -hmm. if they're like, taking their private jet somewhere, I, you know, I'll, I'll go, I'll go to the opening of a refrigerator as long as there's a private jet involved. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> I need the lights. Why not? Right. <laughs> I know. Actually, I love the stuff that you post on Instagram Thank you. with like a photo of you in a private jet, but then the caption is so profound. Thank you. Always. Thank That's you. That's actually how, well, I already was such a fan because I've been coming into Sun Life since it opened. Yeah. Um, I read your book when it came out. I was wow. totally flabbergasted just by your whole entire journey, which we will talk about. Yeah. Um, so I'd been a fan for a long time, but then finding your Instagram and seeing just these super meaningful captions that you share just yeah. about like basically get off your phone and live in the real world. And that's what's going to fulfill you. I think. There needs to be so much more of that on yeah. social media and also just in life. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you're, I mean, if there's awesome stuff going on, I mean, no one can fault anybody if you're on vacation or you're on some awesome trip or a work trip and there's cool stuff going on, you know, post like it's going out of style. Mm-hmm. But if you're not doing something like that or you don't have something deep and meaningful to say, get off social media because it will rob you of your soul. I mean, just like drugs and alcohol will rob you of your soul without your consent, so will social media. And and social media is, is it's much more insidious because it's fun and it's acceptable and, and everybody, everybody does, does it. it. Yeah, yes, but it, exactly. but it's not okay. Right. And you know, I I did an experiment well, that's framing it as if I came up with the idea. My girlfriend at the time 
challenged me to go off social media for one year to stop talking about what I wanted to do and to do it. And it hurt a lot because she always saw me on my phone and she's my girlfriend at the time. Plus I was kind of, you know, I was older and I already had Riviera going. I already had uh, Sun Life Organics going. So I puffed out my chest and got very defensive and argued. And then she just very gently just kept encouraging me like, why don't you just try for one year? I promise no one is going anywhere. People Mm -hmm. are still going to be on Facebook when you come back. It was more Facebook at that time. This is like uh, five years ago. So she said, just challenge yourself. And so I went off all social media and I ended up writing the book, right? Which has sold out on Amazon four times. Um, it's in Bulgarian. It's in Russian now. It's on Audible. It's in Spanish. That's um, incredible. Yeah. So I ended up writing this book that has helped to transform tens of thousands of people's lives, right? Um, I started Malibu Beach Yoga. Oh, yeah. So, which serves our community in, in such an amazing, special way. And I honestly can't tell you that those things would have happened had I stayed on social media because I'm being that I have such an addictive personality. Um, now we can see how much time we spend on our screens. But I back know. then there was no judging it. Yeah. And I just assume I was on there like, you know, 15 minutes a day or an hour a day or whatever. I was on there for hours a day and I was doing what I still catch myself doing now, which is comparing my insides with other people's outsides right? and seeing people on these amazing vacations or seeing people in these fancy cars or at, you know, their weddings in, in, you know, Monaco or whatever. And like, why isn't that me? And you know, how come I'm not married yet? And how come I don't have that car? Why aren't I on that vacation? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of humble bragging on social media, right? There's an intense amount, um, Especially with people you, your age, you're like 22? 28. 28. Okay. Yeah. Wow, you look amazing. <laughs> Thank you. There's, there's a lot of sarcasm. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like going on vacation and being on a white sand beach and propping your feet up and taking a picture and saying, tough day at the office there or is. how's I, the weather back home. And I see that all the time. It makes me cringe. Mm-hmm. It makes me cringe. And the truth is, when I'm on a personal vacation, like if me and my girlfriend go on a personal vacation, there's almost no posting at all. And the phone is off and social media is off for the most part. But I'm not going to lie. If I get invited on tour with some band or if I'm invited to, like, I think I'm going to, um, I think I'm going to Paris and then Cannes. And then I think my friend's getting this massive yacht again. He did it last year and he invited me to come hang out on so it for fun. a week. So I got, you know, I got to post. I mean, yeah. that's like that's well, like dreams come true, and you know, living yeah, my best and it's life. Inspiring. Or, it's inspiring. Somebody, yeah, yeah. I heard something recently that kind of reframed the way that I look at certain things on social media, which is if you see something that you love, that you want to be doing, that you wish you were doing, let it inspire you. Put it on your vision board. Put right. it on your like vision board in your mind if you don't have an actual vision board, and just let it inspire you. To visualize your future that way, yeah. not to just look at it like, oh, I wish that was me. Why isn't that me? And have all those feelings of it's, comparison. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that 
can I hear myself in here? Uh, no, I, I, these are new oh. and I don't know. Can't how. figure out how to hear yeah. yourself. No, okay. I've asked like, <laughs> That's funny. trust me, it keeps happening, but does it bother you? No, not at all. Okay. So let me, so, so let me go back to, um, you know, the vision board thing and also what I've noticed about people that are super successful. So people that are super successful and, 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 you know, I have my own definition of super successful. Super successful is, you know, people that are really happy and they're happy with what they have. And yes, many of them are super affluent. Some of them are famous. Some of, you know, some of them it's, you know, it's all of the above, but the people that I surround myself with and the people that have done amazing things, there's, they're always excited at my victories and they're always excited about other people's victories. And when I'm, when I'm talking to somebody like a Kelly Slater or like a Garrett McNamara or Rick Solomon, who's a, a gambler, when I'm telling them about my victories or about somebody else's victories, I notice they get excited and it's like cool for them. And they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. But when you talk to most people about other people's victories or other people's triumphs, you can see that they're not thrilled with it because they're living in a scarcity mentality. Right. Yeah. They're living. Totally they're, they're living in the opposite of an abundance or a prosperity mentality. Mm -hmm. And so, you saying when you see something on Instagram, you know, put it on your on your vision board or whatever. First of all, I'm a, a huge believer in vision boards. And if I can digress for a moment, yes, please. So, <laughs> Secret had a massive influence on me. Uh huh. I know it's super cheesy. I know it wasn't shot well. The production quality oh, no, was awful. I love it. I love okay. the message. I love the message too, which apparently was derived from um, the science of getting rich, which is a book by Wallace Waddles, I believe, okay. from the early 1900s. Apparently, she took all of that message from that book. But I digress twice. Um, <laughs> no, I love so it. So I I love the secret. I watched it like just a lunatic. I watched it all day if I could. I used to put it on my laptop because I didn't have a TV at the time. Uh -huh. I didn't, actually didn't have a. A house at the time. When I was, was this? Early 2000s. When it, I think it came out in 2003 or 2004. So I was crashing at this dude's house in exchange for labor, you know, like washing his cars, washing his dogs and whatever. And, um, and he helped me get a laptop. His name was Robbie. And it had a little slot where you could put the DVD in. And this woman, Cindy Landon, gave me the DVD of The Secret. And I would watch it and watch it and watch it and watch it. And the only thing I didn't like about it some of the production quality was pretty awful, but the only thing I didn't like about it is there's this one scene where the dude's in his office and he's talking about vision boards, which I wasn't into vision boards at that time, or I hadn't experienced a vision board yet. And he tells a story about how they're in this giant house and his son comes in and he brings the box in and, and the son opens up the box and he finds his old vision board. And then he's like, and then I realized the house on my vision board is the house that we were living in. And my, my ego, my mind, my self-chattering, you know, nonstop, whatever, mm -hmm. was like, bullshit. That's not true. Like, you're a liar. Now, I don't know this guy. I don't know his son. I don't know anything about him. But that was too fantastic for me to accept, especially considering I was technically homeless at the time. I was making 12 bucks an hour. I was a convicted felon, high school dropout, mm -hmm. really hurting. The future wasn't looking too bright. So that was one of the things that I, that was the main thing I didn't like about the secret. I liked everything else. I liked the message. I started to practice the principles that they teach you in the secret 
and I started getting immediate results. And I got a snowball effect to where I found myself 18 months later, 24 months later, really doing well. Wow. Yeah, really doing well. However, every time I would go back and revisit the secret, when that scene would come on, I would cringe. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, whatever, 10 years, 14 years later, and I bought my first place. This is six months ago. And I bought my first place late in life. Obviously, I'm a late bloomer. Um, but it's still an amazing, it's amazing. accomplishment. And it's, thank you. And it's a beautiful place. And my assistant is helping me because I was renting one of the places. I, I lived in unit number nine, and then I lived in unit number 11, and then I ended up buying unit number seven. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm moving from unit 11 into unit number seven. And we're just like carrying boxes. It's me and my assistant, Stephanie. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She seems awesome. Oh my God. She's, she's Emails the coolest. that I've shared with her. Yeah. So she's bringing stuff over and we're as usual laughing and, you know, gallows humor and having a great time and all hopped up on ice matcha lattes. <laughs> and she walks in and she has my vision board from like five years earlier, right? And she goes, what do you want me to do with that? And I had seen it sitting in my like meditation sauna room forever. It was always somewhere in my peripheral vision. However, I didn't really pay much attention to it because I never finished the top part. I also remember at one point I took a watch off because I thought it was like silly and pretentious. And if anyone ever saw my vision board... You yeah. know, I just thought it was like silly. So I took the watch off uh-huh. and I just cast it aside. So she walks in, she says, what do you want me to do with this? I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I look at it and I'm like, whoa. And I look and I look a little bit closer and I realize where the watch was. I'm wearing the watch, the exact same watch, right? Uh-huh. I'm looking at the home that I had cut out. It's not the home that I'm living in. However, if you come to visit, which I hope you guys do. Oh, I hope so. I'll show you the vision board. The home that I bought looked so much like the home that I had on my vision board. The same hardwood floors, the same. I had one of those um, Japanese Toto toilets that like wash your butt for you. Uh-huh. Or they, I mean, they do everything. But <laughs> yeah. I had one of those on there. I had just had two of them installed in the place that I just bought. That's right? incredible. Everything on that vision board, including, I'm embarrassed to admit, but five years, seven years earlier, the idea of putting a private jet on a vision board just Mm -hmm. seemed like it would inspire me, right? Right. No, Uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Obviously, I'm never going to be on a private jet. Like, I make smoothies for a living. Little did I know. Little did I know. So, the private jet's on there. The the house looks just like the house that I'm living in. The exact same toilets I just got installed. I'm wearing the watch that I was embarrassed and I took off the vision uh-huh. board. I got it anyway. That's incredible. And the one thing that I put on there, which made no sense, and I remember gluing it down, I wanted it to look fancy because I wanted my life to look fancy on the outside. Obviously, being peace, you know, being at peace and having peace of mind and being in love and all that stuff is the most important stuff ever. And I hope I don't sound like a pretentious douchebag right now, but not at all. I I cut out this picture from a, a Rob Report magazine that someone had left in Sun Life and it had this giant yacht on it, like mega yacht. And I remember gluing it and thinking, 
this is stupid. This will never happen. This is shallow. You'll never get this. You're being an idiot. I heard like my dad's voice, like you're a effing dreamer and you're an idiot. And you're a bum and you're never going to mm-hmm. have anything because you didn't go to college. And But I put that yacht on there anyway. And when she flashed it up and she's holding it and I'm looking, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. She's like, you okay? And I'm like, and I looked at the yacht. It was almost identical to the 350 foot yacht that I had spent four months earlier in the South of France on one of the Saudi Royal families yachts. And it was, it was just like goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Just goosebumps everywhere. And I'm like, "Uh, nothing, just put it down. (laughs) She's like, okay. And I'm like, whoa. And then I remembered how I thought that guy was so full of shit with his vision board and how my ego wouldn't allow me to believe. Yes. Because if we truly accept that our thoughts, our repetitive thoughts, our constant thinking, visualizing, either fretting and worrying or, you know, envisioning and empowering our thoughts with our, and then our words. If we really truly take responsibility for everything going on in our life, good and bad, it's scary. It's really scary. And unfortunately or fortunately, depending on what type of mind you have, it's true. And the people that you say, when you see something cool on Instagram, be inspired by it, put it on your vision board, think to yourself, I can't wait until I'm living a life like that or something similar, right? Those are the people that are going to do well. And the people that are jealous and spiteful and, oh, well, she just has a rich boyfriend or or he's just, you know, whatever. Like I heard he sells drugs, right? Like those people, most of the time have shit lives. It's the people that are negative and pessimistic. Not always. Bad things are going to happen to great people and great things are going to happen to bad people. But in my experience and my almost 50 years of living on this planet, if you're, if you're good to people and kind and loving and you allow yourself to dream and you allow yourself to envision the type of future you want, the type of mate that you want, the type of car that you want, if you can picture yourself sitting in a serene environment with beautiful things surrounding you and you really focus on that on a daily basis, sometimes moment by moment, and you're willing to get up and go to work every day because you can't just sit on your sofa, mm-hmm. right? You can't just take pictures yeah, of you your have butt. To take action. <laughs> yeah, yes. you can't just take pictures of your butt in a G string, you know, and you think that if you get a certain exactly. amount of likes that that's going to deliver the life that you want. You got to go yeah, to work. Right. Got to go to work. But whatever type of life anybody wants out there, it's available for them. And I'm I, living proof. If an idiot like me can become <laughs> successful, then anybody can. But you're so much smarter than you think. I mean, you're so much smarter than you give yourself credit for because just having the will to overcome everything that you have and accomplish everything that you have and also to let go of your ego and leave it in the past and take a year off of social media. You've done so many things that are so incredible. Thank you. So you're not an idiot, but I know exactly that, what you're that, That's debatable. I mean, I don't, <laughs> you know, maybe idiot is a little bit harsh, but I'm not smart and I'm okay with not being smart. And I like being the poster child of not having to be smart or educated in order to live a life beyond your wildest dreams. I like that too. Yeah. That reminds me of my dad who barely graduated high school, didn't go to college, experienced so much success, 
never believed he was smart, still doesn't believe that he's smart. Yeah, same. But look at what he's accomplished. Yeah. And same with you. So let's get into your story. Your life story sure. is next level. Thank incredible. You. Thank you. And I mean, everything that I read in your book a couple years ago just struck me so deeply for so many different reasons. But one of the reasons I was madly in love with someone named Tommy, who who I still love, will always love, my first boyfriend, first love, became a drug addict mm. and really he's deeply depressed and that kind of, I think, made him, That's that was his, like, that's why he loved drugs because it kind of let go of all of his pain. Yeah. So for 10 years, I was very invested in just, let's get Tommy healthy, let's get him better. And it was my life for a whole entire decade. Whoa. So reading your book and he also almost died so many times. Yeah. He's alive and I'm so proud of him. He's doing a good job good. every single day. Good. But your story just impacted me so deeply, showed me that it's possible to for someone who's just in the depths of hell yeah. to come out. Yeah. I, I, that's the that yeah, that is the reason why I wanted to write the book. I mean, it did turn into a, a profitable venture because I actually published on my own, which most people don't know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Lion's Crest is like a paper straw. I don't know what the I don't know what the term is, but it's Lion's Crest is just basically a company that you pay to print books for you. Mm-hmm. So that I'm my own publishing company. Yeah, that's that's um, awesome. Yeah, but I, I wrote it I wrote it people like at each victory, at each level of success, at each each year of sobriety, being away from drugs and alcohol, I just thought to myself, man, I want to help other people get this. I want to see other people get this. And in 12-step programs, I found it very challenging because I couldn't help people to the degree that I wanted to help people. And also, you know, the unfortunate thing is a lot of people don't want to change. A lot of people might want to hang out with you because you're cool or because you hang out with famous people or because you have a nice car, but that doesn't mean that they want to be clean and sober. And I was going through some really tough stuff with, because I'm very codependent and I wanted people to get better. And if they did get better, I was very excited and it was amazing. And I felt probably more proud of myself than I should have. But then there's a flip side of that. When I founded Riviera Recovery, and I had all these clients coming through there, the ones that wouldn't get better or the ones that just refused to get not you know to get better. Um, I took it personally, and I blamed myself and owning a recovery center for somebody as 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 broken as I was at the time and as codependent and insecure as I still am, not the best move for my emotional and my thought life. Yeah, that would be hard, really hard. Owning a smoothie shop <laughs> where I make ice matcha lattes yes, for beautiful, you know, men and women and <laughs> you know, guys and gals to come in, and my neighbors are hugging me, and the husbands are high fiving me, and the hot yoga moms are hugging me and inviting yes. me to yoga. Like it's like everything I ever needed. It's it's yes. a sense of community. But having the recovery center was just, uh, man, it was dark. It was. Oh really, my gosh! Yeah. yeah, that takes a certain kind of. Certain kind of person. To, I can't. I can't do it. I mean, I ended I up. I ended either. up selling it for like pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
after that, and I continued to get better and my life continued to get better, I would have people contact me all the time on Facebook or at, eventually I got an Instagram very late mm-hmm. and, um, and they wanted to know, well, how can I get better? How can, you know, and I was just like, I'm just going to tell people my story, exactly how it happened, how I ended up a junkie, how I ended up homeless, how I ended up mentally ill and on psych meds and all the stuff that I went through. I shared about my sexual abuse and about the incest. I shared about the violence. I shared about a little bit about what I did to get money for drugs or what happened to me on the streets. A lot of that stuff was taken out. Um, I don't know. Do you know who Neil Strauss is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very famous author. Neil, just because of the kindness of his heart, because he's such a sweet guy and a good friend, he edited it for me. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and he crossed out a lot of stuff and said it's getting too, dark too much yeah for it's getting dark you're gonna you're gonna it's too polarizing you're gonna scare people away the picture on the cover is scary enough uh the stories that you have said so far but let's cut the rest of it out and let's get to the recovery part so i shared about all of that and what people end up walking away with once they read the book and Here's the most bizarre thing. 95% of people that buy the book and read the book aren't drug addicts. Right. They're normal people. Yes, who are they're, fascinated by your story. Yeah, if there is such a thing as normal. But you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not... Hero, heroin addicts don't buy and read my book. The sister of a heroin addict mm-hmm. or the girl that that has an eating disorder or the fourth grade teacher in Alabama that can't stop eating pizza at night or whatever. Yeah. I mean, some of that is actually factual. Uh, but... <laughs> I've just, I get all these messages from all these people that say, they don't say, you know, like, God, if an idiot like you can get through that, but they do say, like, I truly believe that if you can make it through what you made it through, given the circumstances and the cards that you were dealt, I now feel that I can get through anything. And I, I've gotten messages, some from drug addicts, but mostly from, like I said, regular folks that have let decades of disbelief go and have and have let go you know years and years and years of not believing that they were good enough or that they were strong enough to get what they wanted or to get out of a challenging relationship or to start a business or whatever i mean from all over the world it's 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 amazing it is amazing yeah your story so, is reaching people far and wide thank you so let's tell people your story here on this podcast sure. if we could just Back up to how did it all how did it all begin? It began with a really bad childhood, which I've already kind of hinted right. at. Um, really bad immigrant parents from different countries, and um, a much older sibling that that was put in an orphanage for a number of years, and then brought out of that orphanage. And I'm fairly confident whatever they did to him in that orphanage, he was eight years older, half sibling than he ended up doing to me, which you know pretty awful. And, and not, and not just, you know, it's not just sexual abuse. There was a lot of violence. There was a lot of like, there's a lot of bad stuff that happened. My parents didn't know how to be parents and I love them dearly. Uh, I talked to my, I just got done talking to my mom. As a matter of fact, when I was driving Aww. here, um, Does she talked, live out here? no, she's in Ohio. And, uh, I talked to my mom a lot. I don't talk to my dad at all. Um, we don't have a good relationship. I love him dearly and, you know, I want the absolute best for him. And he's living out his twilight years. Um, they're, they're both in their eighties now and I love them both dearly. They were not good parents and that's not their fault. 
they, they did the best that they could considering the circumstances. There were other people that were much, much more challenging to forgive and to let go of. There was a, a much older, you know, in, in his late thirties, there was a swim coach that took advantage of me sexually when I was a child. And, and that is something that I've gone back and forth with. There are times when I'm completely free of resentments and anger and because you know, I, in order for me to live a great life, I have to forgive everybody and I have to be resentment free. But there were some people like that, that forgiveness came a little bit more difficult. And there's still times when I well up with anger and think like, how could you do that to a child? You know, it just, it's just, and my dad, you know, with the violence against my mom, it's the same thing. Like I've talked about this a lot recently. Like I remember the old black and white films and the Humphrey Bogart and how it was completely acceptable to slap a woman if she was crying or acting the sexist term that men used to use called hysterical when they would describe a woman. Mm -hmm. You never describe a man as hysterical. Right. But I remember watching those movies and you know they would slap a woman and then she would miraculously snap out of being hysterical. Uh -huh. um, I get that. It was a cultural thing. I understand that it was accepted. The type of violence that I witnessed was, was not that. It was not slapping. It was bloody and it was violent and it was more, there were more fists involved. And I've had some exes say some horrible things to me and i've said some horrible things to some exes as we all do when we're in our teens and 20s and hopefully not anymore when we're in our 30s <laughs> um except on rare occasion um <laughs> i've been kicked in the balls by an ex can't say i didn't deserve it <laughs> i got into some shoving matches and some knockdown you know sort of wrestling um, and my drugged up when I was really high and my, my girlfriend at the time was really high. We definitely got into some, some kind of some tussle tussles or I don't know what you call it. Yeah. No matter how psychotic I ever got, it never would dawn on me and it never did dawn on me to make a fist and to use it against a woman. It's, it's just, it's fucking disgusting. It, it's sickening. And I don't care that that's how he grew up because he grew up in the Middle East and that's the woman disagreed. Disrespects you, uh, like, or you think a woman disrespects you, you grab her by her hair, you drag her into the street, and you beat her. That's what's going on in the Middle East. Whether people want to admit that or not, or talk about that or not, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, not everywhere and not in every household. But you live in Saudi Arabia and you disrespect your husband, or he, or your husband perceives you as being disrespectful because maybe you set the cup down too loud. He'll grab you by your hair, drag you into the street, and beat you. And that is totally acceptable over there. So that's how my dad grew up. My father grew up in Palestine. And I don't want to beat up on the Middle East because I went to Jordan and I met some of the kindest, most loving, respectful men on the planet. Um, I have a, a, a Kuwaiti friend. I think that's how you say it. I have a friend from Kuwait, <laughs> so, I don't, <laughs> so I don't sound stupid. Um, I have a friend from Kuwait that went to Pepperdine University. And my God, he's, if, I had, if I had a daughter... I would want him to be the husband. I mean, he's such a beautiful young man. He does comedy and he does like a docu-series television show and he, he graduated from Pepperdine. He's a Muslim and he's one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever met in my life. So there are, there are millions of you know, Muslim men out there that are amazing and loving and obviously many more millions Muslim women out there that are amazing. But there's a lot of violence and, and misogynistic behavior towards women in the Middle East. And, uh, and 
and anti-gay stuff and, you know, gay guys being thrown off the roof and anti-Semitic behavior. And having said all of that, it, it doesn't make it okay for what my dad did. And when my, and when I confronted him, strangely enough, we were in Jordan together. And when I confronted him, he said, I don't remember. Really? He said, I don't remember. And I said, I'm sure you don't. I would have blocked that out as well. I've blocked out some pretty horrific behavior. And uh, that was it. I let him know I love you. You're my dad. But that's what I saw happening when I was a child. And it's not okay. And to this day, I am at times still filled with anxiety and fear and, uh, and terror for no reason at all. And I'm coping with that. And it's not okay. And it shouldn't have happened. And that was it. We never really talked again and it's okay. But you know, he wow. knows I love him. I know to the best of his ability, he loves me. He doesn't like me and I can be a bit much to handle at times. I can be <laughs> a bit unbearable. So he doesn't have to like me. I think deep down inside, he does love me. But a really a, a shitty childhood turned into a life of drugs and alcohol and crime and acting out and you know, sex at a very young age because I learned that's how you get attention and drugs got heavier and heavier. There was some good times in my late teens. There was a friendship I had with a girl named Corey Kiefer starting in junior high and still best friends to this day. She lives in Manhattan Beach now. I love that. She's, yeah, she's from Ohio as well. That's incredible. She's, she's amazing. I'm not going to talk about her because I'll start crying. Oh. But um, Corey Kiefer was incredible. And Claudia, uh, there was a girl, Claudia, that I dated for many years. They were both so patient and loving. They were both cancers, which I find interesting. Yes, cancers um, are amazing. Yeah. What's your sign? Libra. Me too. Really? When's your birthday? Oh, uh, October 7th. Mine's October 11th. Awesome. My mom's October it. 5th. Really? Yeah, I love Libras. I love Libras. Yeah. Libras Libras are the best looking, the smartest, and the most humble. Libras are the best. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Libras. We we always strive for balance. We strive not, for balance, we but we don't balanced. have it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I have balance until you put a bag of Doritos in front of me totally. or, or a, a pizza from Demori's Pizza. Yeah, I have my things too. Do you know your moon sign and your rising? Yes, my moon is in Virgo and my rising is Gemini. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Do you know your human design? I don't know my human design, but I know that I'm a rooster. I was born in 1969, so I'm okay. a rooster. And um, I'm very much a rooster. I have the characteristics of, you know, mm -hmm. the tiniest little animal running around the barnyard thinking yeah. that he's in charge. I and think Jonathan's a rooster really? too. Yeah. It's a I'm funny a sign. Yeah. Because if you think about it, the bad side of a rooster is they're an annoying, loud, obnoxious, egoic little bird that thinks, you know, when they wake up, everyone else has to wake up. The beautiful side, the beautiful side of a rooster is they are literally the bringers of light. Mm -hmm. So they were the symbol of Hermes or Hermes, or I don't know even know how you say it, but the original God, yeah, they, they yeah. were the, the symbol as the bringers of light because we get up before the sun rises, which I do. And, um, and we call out to the light and we bring the light so roosters I love are that. yeah, roosters are fascinating. I never knew that. Yeah. I've never gotten into that side of into Chinese like, astrology. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But I'm the horse. So oh, that's awesome! Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, Anna was a horse. Anna, the girl from Iceland in the book, the one that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, we need to figure out your human design. We'll okay. have to look it up. Okay. I 
So some good times, some bad times, some cool times. There's a bunch of stuff in the book, you know, fancy stuff like working for movie stars and rock stars yeah, and hanging you out. Worked with some cool people. I worked with some cool people, and then and then just my my desire to destroy myself, my desire to first numb myself and party, and then eventually anesthetize myself, and then ultimately to start seeking oblivion um, with with the, with the you know the passion of a, a drowning man seizing a life preserver. Um, that's kind of how it went. So just really, you know, and, and, and the wheels came off and I overdosed and overdosed and overdosed and county jail and overdosed. And I'm just one of those idiots that I hit bottom and then I got out a shovel and then I hit Mm -hmm. bottom again. And then I got out a pick and a shovel. And I, I just, I kept going lower and lower and lower to the point where I was a walking corpse. I was 109 pounds. My teeth were falling out of my head, chunks of hair missing from my scalp ringworm scabies um filthy just rotting from the inside oh. out and um and that was it i ran out of steam i didn't i didn't stop drugs cuz like i'm a good guy or cuz i'm a virtuous guy i stopped the drinking and the using it's mostly using but i don't want people out there that just drink to feel left out right. there was some drinking yeah. but i stopped all of that stuff at the age of 33 out of desperation, just because I, I couldn't go on. I had no more, you know, they say in 12 step meetings, like I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. It's true. I really, I, I couldn't, I couldn't go to county jail one more time. I couldn't get beat up on the streets one more time. I couldn't, panhandling was so degrading. And I felt like such a piece of shit every time someone would give me money because they knew what I was going to go do with it. And I knew what I was going to go do with it. And there's people out there that were truly in need of help. There were single moms out there, you know, raising three kids on her own that, that needed help. And I'm the piece of shit at the Seven Eleven, you know, at, at 7 a.m. with my hands out, like, give me money so I can go get high. Like, right. what the fuck is wrong with me? I mean, this just, it's sad. It's, it's like, I'm glad that I wasn't the type of monster that would snatch your bag or worse. I'm glad I'm not the type of monster that would break into your home and steal, you know, steal your stuff. Mm-hmm. That wasn't my jam. I was never a violent person in in terms of that. Um, I was a violent as a kid, like trying to be tough, which I'm not. But I never wanted to harm anybody to get money or get drugs. So I just, I panhandled. And um, so yeah, the wheels came off. I bottomed out through a strange and miraculous and definitely the grace of God. I got clean and sober. And I recognized that it was a miracle that I got clean and sober. And I started doing some menial work, you know, washing dogs, walking dogs. Um, these beautiful people kind of just came to my rescue. People that, you know, were like, oh, come wash my car, or come do errands for me. I don't know. There's a lot of good people out there. there are. I was willing to work and, uh, and they were willing to pay me to work. And, um, and it was a long and arduous road. And I had to learn how to chop wood and carry water. I eventually got a job at a treatment center because that's the only place where a guy like me can get a job. If I'm, you're a convicted felon, you're a high school, you know, I was a convicted felon, a high school dropout, can't read, can't type, sorry, can't spell, can't type. I can read really well. Can't spell, can't type. Um, and no skills. I have no skills. I mean, what's my skill? I can't even catch. Like, I'm not a skilled person, right? I can talk, but I just, I'm not a skilled person. So I was kind of my, 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 uh, my, my, uh, my options were really limited 
bragging about. I can talk really well, but I didn't think of the word option. So sorry. So, you know, I got a job in a rehab. I got a little bit of uh, the dude that owned the place. Like he liked me and he saw my ambition and my hunger and my hustle. And he got me some training to be an interventionist. You get paid a lot of money to do interventions. Right. um, Oh yeah. I remember that part of your book. Yeah. And then a sober companion and then I started Riviera Recovery and, you know, this was all on a shoestring and a prayer, yeah. but it worked. It just worked because I was reading Think and Grow Rich. I was watching The Secret. I was reading The Science of Getting Rich. I was reading the Bible. I was reading the Torah. I was going to the Kabbalah Center and the Hare Krishna Center and, you know, everywhere, the Self-Realization Fellowship. I would just, any place... If you could show me a place where there was positive people getting together that looked like they were happy and loved one another, then I wanted to be there. And I don't care if that's Catholic church. I don't care if it's a self-realization fellowship. I don't care if it's temple or the Kabbalah center, the Hare Krishna temple on on Venice Boulevard. I hung out and still, when I have the time, hang out at those places. And um, I I just kept putting good things in, good thoughts, good thoughts, good good, you know, visualizing beautiful things. And one thing I will say, which is important for people to know, because it's like, how could you work 18 hours a day? How could you work seven days a week? And it's important for me to tell people that when I was eight and a half months sober, I got a phone call from my mom that I had, I had been a horrible son, you know, and it was like threatening her that I was going to kill myself and making her send me money on Western Union. And my mom didn't have any money. My mom was borrowing money on her credit card to, you know, to send me money for, and I was taking it, doing drugs with it. Anyway, my mom called me and, uh, and she said, I'm sick. And she was crying and my mom's tough. She's a tough little Polish woman. And and she's, uh, she said, I have cancer and it's not looking good. And, uh, I didn't have the money to help her and I didn't have the money to go visit her. And that was a, that was a, that was the darkest moment of my life. And that was also the turning point because I got off the phone and I kind of brushed it off because I was sitting with people and, you know, no, I'm fine. I'm cool. It's, you know, everything's fine. And then I went back, this guy, Sean was letting me stay in his guest house in Malibu. There was no electricity and no, there was no electricity. And I just sat there in that room as the sun went down with a candle lit. And, um, and eventually blew the candle out and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and I sobbed and I kept punching myself in, in my legs and, you know, kind of growling at myself and, you know, you fucking idiot, you fucking idiot. Look what you did to your life. How could you do? I was 34. I was 34 years old and I couldn't afford an airline ticket. I couldn't send my mom money who was still working at 66 years old. She's like caring for dying people. Like my mom worked on the sixth floor of Toledo hospital and she took care of terminally ill people for 31 years. She did that. My mom's a saint in that regard. Yeah. She's amazing. Not the best mom, but she's, she's still, she's a saint. And, um, and had someone showed her how to be a parent, she would have been a great parent and same for my dad. So total forgiveness there. But, um, that woke up a hunger inside of me. That, that experience of not being able to, to do anything, that feeling of being helpless at 34 years old, I was like, I'm never going to feel like this again. I'm going to be rich. Um, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to now go to work and find financial independence and find financial freedom. So 
I get so I can help my mom, so I can help myself. So God forbid I get a girlfriend someday and she needs help with something, you know, I I needed to to work and make money and to be self-supporting through my own contributions. So would you say that was like your ultimate rock bottom moment? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was fucking horrible. (laughs) That was like, yeah, that was the worst. Now, let me finish up because I always forget to finish up this part of the story. So I went to work and I went just doubled up I went and got a job at another rehab and I was still walking the dogs and I was still washing the cars. And then I was, um, at that time, Billy Bob Thornton had these two really cool kids named Willie and Harry Mm -hmm. and their mom, Pietra, who's this awesome woman. Um, she hired me to, to like be their Manny to like teach them how to boogie board and like, and, uh, and overpaid me and they were great. They were like a little family for me. And, um, I just, I worked my butt off and I saved every penny. And, um, I ended up within two years, um, saving up enough money to go back to Ohio. My mother beat the cancer and I was able to say to her, I'm going to set up an annuity for you and you're never going to work again. You're 67 years old and I'm going to buy you a house. And I put a down payment on a house. And from that point forward, I, I spoiled the shit out of my mom and took care of her. It's incredible. Yeah. That's the greatest accomplishment of my life is taking care of my mother because regardless of, you know, her falling short of the mark in terms of, you know, being there and protecting me, she still gave birth to me. She, she carried me in, in her belly for nine months and allowed me to live in her belly and consume her body, her hair fell out, you know, she mm-hmm. aged herself exponentially by allowing me to live inside her womb. And, um, and when I came out, she held me and I, I peed on her, I pooped on her and she cleaned me up and she fed me from her breast and continued to deplete her own body and continued to nourish me. So, you know, my mom gave me life yes. and all the moms out there they they all gave us life and we are forever indebted to them and i'm not i'm not bashing on the dads i don't have a good relationship with my dad and my opinion of men in general is still not the greatest just from what i went through and from what i witnessed and from what i witnessed from my own behaviors you know men are men are not very evolved and women are gods and they walk around with this power to procreate with the power of god you know, to, to make a life inside of their belly, there's nothing we can ever do to compete with that. And I know there's like this whole big thing now, like how women want to be equal to men. Women want to be equal to men. Women are far, far, far superior to men, far superior. And, um, I get it. I'm, I'm, you know, being dramatic and showing the other side of the argument. Yes. Women deserve equal pay. And yes, women, you know, should my, my whole company's run for the most part, I would say 80% by women. And, uh, and thank God, because yeah. if it was a bunch of men, I think they'd make a mess of it. Totally. So anyway, sorry, I got, I got sidetracked, which I often do. I'm chatty, <laughs> I love it. chatty Kathy. It um, makes for the most interesting conversation. Thank you. So, um, yeah, I, I, I worked real hard. I saved my money. I took care of my mom. I eventually started Sun Life Organics with my girlfriend at the time, my, my business partner, and we just, you know, we were, we would make the drive to air one, which mm-hmm. we loved and we still love. 
And then we would go to these other places that were kind of organic or sort of organic, or they would say things like, well, some of the stuff we use is organic or most of the stuff we use is organic. If anybody ever says that to you, they're full of shit. They're lying. Mm -hmm. That's not true. It's either 100% organic or it's not. You're either pregnant or you're not. There's no kind of pregnant. There's no kind of sober. There's no kind of organic. It's organic or it's not organic, unless it's an extreme example of like a face cream or a there's this amazing face oil called o- Oli, I think. Oli, O-L-L-I-E. This is amazing. Oh, yeah. It's like expensive. It's uh-huh. like 200 bucks or something, 280 bucks actually. But wow. I love it. I, I use it. Oh, that's amazing. And she, she like painstakingly sources her ingredients. And there are certain circumstances where I guess if you are making something like that, it's not organic. But we got really, we got really frustrated trying to find really healthy stuff. And so we were driving to this place called Real Raw Live, which was on Franklin. They were organic. Mm-hmm. We were going to Air One. Um, we were going to Whole Foods, but then I found out Whole Foods Juice Bar wasn't organic, which really pissed me off. Ugh. And uh, and and then we were going to some cu- a lo- couple of local places, which kind of acted like they were organic, but they weren't. And it really bummed me out. And uh, I was like, you know what? Let's just open our own. And and we opened it up with those intentions. Like, let's open up a place where everything's organic, where everything's amazing. Let's hire cool, like, local kids instead of shipping poor, unfortunate people on buses that live three hours away, bus ride, shipping them in and sticking them in hairnets and shoving them in the back. Why don't we, let's just hire a bunch of, like, local people, yeah, you know? Which you totally have. And that's totally the vibe have. in all of the shops. Yeah. And it, and they're mostly young because that's how it started out. And that sort of water seeks its own level. I've never not hired somebody because of their age. It's just like young kids want to work in a smoothie shop. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Like yeah. I have, I have, you know, people in their thirties, forties and fifties that work on the, on the corporate level and on the management side. But for the most part, yeah, it was like a bunch of cool young kids and amazing ingredients. And, um, we started the first one in Malibu and that was in 2011. And here we are in 2019 and there's 10 of them with, uh, with five more opening. And, uh, it's amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like that guy that like the worst fucking loser, you know, drug addict, degenerate, high school dropout on welfare, food stamps, like, you know, born to lose metaphorically tattooed on my forehead. I'm now living an amazing, productive, happy, meaningful life. That's my story. You absolutely are. <laughs> Your story is incredible. Thank you. No, it truly floors me Thank you. to hear everything you've been through and everything you've overcome and all that you've created now, which for everybody listening, if you don't live in a place where there's a sun life, it's truly the best of the best. I've been sipping on this matcha the whole time you've been talking. It's Thank so you. good. Thank you. It's like... I've never tasted a matcha that tastes that good in my life. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, because my intentions weren't opening up a bunch of stores and scaling it quickly and then selling it for a billion dollars. My intentions were to find the greatest matcha on the planet. And so that involved going to Japan twice now and going Mm -hmm. and meeting with tea masters and going and meeting with matcha farmers and going to factories and inspecting the soil and inspecting the process. And that's not just with matcha, that's with, you know, our maca from Peru and our, our, our single origin heirloom raw cacao beans that we use and, you know, pretty much everything. I mean, and I'm constantly in search of 
what else is out there and what's you know what's amazing. But my my intention and my partner's intentions, both of them, are to nourish you and to to heal you and to. I know you talk a lot about healing on your podcasts and in your blogs and your Instagram and all that stuff. Like my intention is to be a part of your journey, healing yourself. And it's the vibe when you walk in, it's the way the place smells, it's the mm-hmm. music, it's the people working there. The crystals. The crystals. You have some of the best, biggest crystals I've everywhere, ever seen. Everywhere. And I go down to Brazil and I meet the miners and I, you know, pick out the crystals myself and I have a warehouse full of crystals and um, That's incredible. Yeah, I, I'm I'm obsessed. This is an obsession. This is a revolution. This is a revolt against all of the garbage out there. You know, when I see when I see these young guys and gals hanging out at these places because it's a cool place to do an Instagram post, or they got the right wallpaper, or they got the right neon sign, and they're serving shit that's not even good for you. Like I know, it's so sad. Well. One and, of those and, places is walking distance from here. And, and I would go there because it's it's right there until I realized what was in like those nut milks and then in the coffee and I wasn't feeling good. And yeah. it, you can tell in your body. Well, it's, listen, it's most places. I mean, if you watch a commercial on TV, I can almost bet you any amount of money it's something that you don't need or something that's bad for you or something that will kill you. Right. Yeah. If you walk into, we we call them convenience stores back in Ohio. <laughs> Here you call them liquor stores, but you walk oh, into yeah. any store, just have a look around. I mean, I wish we had a camera right now, and I wish we were in front of one of those stores because I've done it with my. And anytime I get a new assistant, I always love to play this game. I take them to this convenience store, and we stand in front of it. And I say quickly, "You got sixty seconds to name three things in there that's healthy for you. I'll give you three one hundred dollar bills." And they're like. <gasps> And they look, it's booze, it's Doritos, Uh it's, you know, it's all poison. I mean, some of them have pointed out that it's water, but it's- I was going to say water, but but it's it's typically garbage. It's typically in water bottles that have BPA in them that have been sitting on shelves for weeks, months, years at a time, and the plastic is going inside of it. And like, so most of the stuff out there most of the restaurants out there and they're not they're they're I mean look they're not evil I don't think but I go to restaurants and I know the owners of the restaurants I never see them eating there right you will never see a day go by where I'm not in a Sun Life Organics eating and drinking there all day I love it I was going to ask you every day do you eat like e- solely at Sun Life No not solely at Sun Life so um I go to Bel Campo I go to Justa um I'm I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian. Sorry to offend probably half of you. No, uh, there's but, a lot. We're very open. Okay, here. I was I was a vegetarian for 12 years, and I I did the whole like raw vegan thing for like I think it was like nine months or seven and a half months or whatever it was, and I became really sick and really spaced out, and I was starving all the time. And the way that my body operates, and I think it, I think I don't think everybody's body's different, and everybody's body is going to respond differently to different foods, right? That's just reality. Yeah. Do we need to move more towards a plant-based diet as a, as a species? <laughs> yeah. Or we're going to die, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's common sense. We got to, and, and a lot of my day and sometimes meant like all of my day will be spent strictly vegetarian or strictly vegan, but um, I got to be open and transparent. Like eggs work for me and grass-fed, grass-finished, you know, 
meat works for me. So if I'm going to eat that stuff, I'm going to know the origin of it, you know, and the, the woman that runs Bel Campo, she's got a 20,000 acre ranch up near Mount Shasta and those animals roam free and they live a good life. They live for years with their babies. They drink spring water. They eat, you know, wild grass that comes up out of the ground and they are harvested in the most humane way possible. And I know that for a fact. And I have many friends that have actually visited their slaughterhouse. And, you know, my friend Rick is always like, you know, yeah, man, but things shouldn't have to die in order for you to live. And I'm like, yeah, but we're all going to die. We're all going to die. The animals are going to die. We're going to die. I don't feel personally, and again, I know I'm upsetting a lot of people out there, but I just don't feel personally that we were put on that plant on, on this planet for the sake of like saving the animals. I, I believe I was put on this planet by my creator so my soul can evolve. And you know, there there there's a lot of there's a lot of amazing vegans out there. There's a, I mean, my business partner happens to be one of them. Mm-hmm. And is your business partner, your ex-girlfriend or that that's one of them, uh-huh. but no Rick, who's oh, like okay. more of a financial business partner. He's like hardcore vegan. And he's all, a lot of his buddies are vegan. Mm-hmm. And he's horrified by my eating habits, yeah. but um, he's amazing. Rich Roll is amazing. Darren Olean is amazing. I know tons of amazing, amazing vegan. Cindy Landon is an amazing vegan. Um, and then I know a bunch of people that are not, and they're amazing too. I think Ben Greenfield is amazing. I think Joe Rogan is amazing. Um, a lot of people out there that everybody's bodies are different. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever, whatever floats your boat, I think it's much more important that we treat one another well and kindly, and we look out for one another and, and just try to be my version of being the man that God intended me to be at this point so far. And don't think I don't don't think I don't think about it or debate it. But at this point in my life, me becoming the man that God intended me to be has very little to do with my diet. And my my identity has almost nothing to do with my diet. And I think that there's I way, totally agree. way too much emphasis put on people's identities. You know, they're deriving their whole identity out of what their diet is. Men and women, paleo, vegan, whatever, primal, it's a little weird, man. People it is. Need to, people- well, I've done it. I've defined myself as a hardcore vegan. That yep. was my identity. Yep. That's how I started my blog. And then when I stopped being vegan, I had to face the reality that I need to discover who I am outside yeah. of this really strict label. Yeah. Tons of controversy. Oh, people yeah. People were outraged. I've never gotten so much hate in my life. Yeah. Um, then I went vegan again. And now I'm dabbling again with eating eggs and just always trying to treat my body in the way that it's going to feel the best and have the most energy and just thrive. Yeah. I mean, you know, I grew up in a time, one of the good things about when I was a kid was that things like religion and politics and diet were saved for the family dinner table to argue with your relatives about. Not you know, when I, that, that dude that, that owns cafe gra- attitude, grad, sorry, gratitude, cafe gratitude. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the dude <laughs> They're that not owns- vegan, right? No, well, I was just going to say like that dude is super cool and they provide amazing service for the community that we live in. They got awesome vegan food there. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would tell anybody to go there vegan or not. It's delicious. It's amazing place, right? He found after many, many years that his body worked better 
incorporating some animal proteins. And then he took it a step further and he really started to look into agricultural practices and what was going on. First of all, I, I hope people know that if you're a vegan, thousands and millions of animals are dying so you can be a vegan. I grew up in Ohio where corn and soybeans are grown. And after every harvest, there's always vultures circling because once you run that tractor through and you harvest every field mouse, every rabbit, every coyote, every fox, every frog, forget about the insects, but all those little beautiful furry creatures are ground up they're murdered as this they're makes harvesting. Me so sad. It's reality. Yeah. And that is from people proliferating this message of, you know, being vegans. Animals wow. are going to die no matter what. We can take it down to the level of even the little worms and little bugs, but most mm -hmm. people don't care about that. But a cute little bunny rabbit, you know, you want you want to eat your soybeans or you want to <laughs> eat that corn and, you know, oh whatever gosh. will know that you're murdering just as many animals. Commercial farming, uh, like in terms of the cows and the pigs and the chickens and all that, is disgusting as well. I mean, I'm not I'm not defending either right. side. They're both they're both disgusting and deplorable. That's why I seek out the farmers markets and the individual Definitely. farmers. And if I'm gonna get animal products, I want them as wild as possible and as humanely harvested as possible. So, in terms of my own personal business, Sun Life, I would say is ninety percent vegan, mm -hmm. vegetarian. We do use some like whey protein powders and stuff in some of our drinks. Uh, but like that's vegan, that, that vegan mm -hmm. is, you know, that drink Delicious. is vegan. And many, and many of the drinks I drink yeah. on a daily basis are vegan. And you have bone broth at we do have bone broth, which is delicious. Yeah. You know I how, you know how that came about? How? A vegan. Really? Yeah. A 21 year old girl named Frankie who was hardcore vegan called me from New York City and she had never called me before. She got her number, she got my number from her mom. And she was like, dude, you gotta get bone broth. And I was like, is this a joke? I'm like, what do you mean? Like marine <laughs> yeah. plankton? And she's like, no, dude, plankton. I've never felt better. I've never like this shit is amazing. Like you've got to get bone broth. And she was an athlete. Mm -hmm. And um I brought it up with my partner and she was horrified. She said, you can't do it. And uh I said, we got to try. We got to try and see and see what happens. And bone broth is one of the biggest selling items that we have. Um, yeah, we've got bone broth and we've got a couple of salads that have some some animal proteins in it. But you know, we we aim to please everybody, and and more importantly, everything is organic and everything yes. is, is sourced with just a, a, a fanatical desire to bring the best of the best of the best. Yeah. Well, you're definitely living your highest truth because Thank you. you're so, you put your heart and soul into Sun Life and it shows in every single way Thank from you. the atmosphere of each Sun Life to the food, to everything just tasting so much better than any other smoothie place or anything else that I've tried. Thank you. What makes it great today are the people that work there and the people that come in. Yeah. And I, the people are so nice. The best. They're so nice. Yeah. The, the people that work at Sun Life and on every level, from the people that make our juices at three o'clock in the morning and deliver them at six o'clock in the morning to everybody, everybody there. And, 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 and especially on the corporate level, the people that work on the, the, on the corporate level are, are some of the kindest, most loving, amazing people on the planet. And they, you know, they have to deal with 
I'm a petulant child and, you know, my mood swings and my temper and I, you know, I'm just, cause I always want to do more and to be more, you know, I wasted my whole life. I wasted three and a half decades of my life. And by the grace of God, got struck sober at 33 years old. And here we are, June, next month, June 18th, will be 16 years. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's incredible. Thank you. June 18th. June That's 18th. a good day. Yeah. It's my niece's birthday. Oh, really? Wait, and she's going to be 16. Whoa. That's crazy. Whoa. <laughs> so I know exactly what I was doing on the day that you got sober. Yeah. I was 12. Wow. Yeah. So I just feel like with my limited amount of time left on this planet, and I don't know how limited it is, but I'm pretty realistic. I'm going to be 50 in October. And, um, I, I know that time goes by quickly and, you know, I was one of those idiots that went out and like got a fancy watch and got a fancy car. You know, I did that for a moment. Um, not really a fancy car. I drove a Volvo SUV, but I don't know. Like I went and I bought a muscle car and my, mm-hmm. my girlfriend at the time, most of my great teachers were my girlfriends and they were yeah, all amazing. It sounds like you've had some amazing, Un- unbelievably amazing. I don't know why, I don't know what they see in me, but I've had these women come into my life and we spend sometimes a few years together. The last one was nine years together. Wow. Yeah. And they're the ones that really, you know, pull me up by my bootstraps and hold me accountable and teach me and, um, going all, going all the way back to Corey Kiefer and, yeah. you know, and Claudia and Jamie and all of them. I mean, I've, I've had such amazing women come into my life and nurture me and uh, and I think I think you guys want to nurture. I think there's yeah, a, we love it. There's a part of you that wants to mother, whether you want a child or not. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times women date men that are children on the inside. Because, we do, yeah, yes. because you want to like take care of something. There's something beautiful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm incredibly immature and incredibly insecure, and um, you know, can still be quite a mess. But yeah, I've had these amazing women come in and and teach me so much. Teach me. And, um, and my life gets better and better, but I'm smart enough to know that the watch, the car, the, the, the fancy Instagram pictures, that stuff's not, that that's not going to fulfill my soul, but leaving behind a legacy, you know, when there's a hundred sun lifes across the country and there's hundreds of thousands of people that are eating super healthy food every single day. And there's thousands of people that got to get a job in a cool place instead of having a boss that's a dick. Mm-hmm. You know, I hated my jobs. I always hated my jobs. And to be able to, I, I think, I hope be a cool boss, you, you know, yes, I you know when I walk sure in and they're are. laughing and they're making fun of me and like, that's the environment that, yeah. that, that we promote, you know, that's the best. Yeah. There's a lot of laughing and a lot of joking around and, and a that's lot of hard so work fun. too. They work super hard, but, um, but I love it. And the book has done really well. And, uh, as I said before, it's in it's in four languages and it's on Audible. Um, the book's called I Forgot to Die. And it's the easiest thing to do is just go on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, the second book is almost done. The second book is called Remembering to Live. And Love, uh, that is the thank best you. sequel name thank you. ever. Thank you. And, and this is all about prescriptive. what you use yeah, in your daily life. Yeah. This yeah. is this is like my little secrets of how you become successful. And what you can do to become successful and how it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. You can just go and go, you know, get, you can become as successful as you want to become. Yeah. But again, you got to get off the sofa and Mm -hmm. taking cute selfies every day, regardless of how many likes you get, 
unfortunately is not going to pay the rent and it's not going to help you to find your purpose. And, you know, if we go back to what we started talking about in the very beginning, two years, I went off for two years. She challenged me. Yeah. She challenged me to one year. I did two years. Wow. And in those two years, we opened up uh, two more stores. I opened up Malibu Beach Yoga. I wrote that book. Um, I got in the greatest shape of my life. And I would challenge anybody out there to just you, just take 90 days off. Just delete the app. You don't have to like completely go off if you don't want to, but just take 90 days off and watch the miracles that'll happen yeah. in your life. It's a lot of... Here's the deal. You become what you focus on. Yes. You become what you focus on. So if your thoughts and your energy and your time is spent being a voyeur, voyeur, voyeuristically, I'm trying, I'm searching for the right word, but if you, if your time is spent like looking at other people's lives and being envious and wondering why your life isn't better. That's what you're going to keep attracting into your life. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to be full of pain and, and having some struggles. But like, if your life is about getting up early in the morning, exercising every single day, no matter what, putting good, healthy, organic ingredients into your body, staying hydrated, getting the proper nutrition, the proper, you can eat as healthy as you want to eat. It's probably still going to need some essential fatty acids, some magnesium, maybe a little green tea extract. Stop by your local Sun Life, mm-hmm. grab a ice matcha grab latte. A matcha. You guys need to open in Brentwood so you, I can go there every day. I'm not allowed to open in Brentwood. Because uh, uh, I have a radius restriction because of my Palisades. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, that's close enough. It's close enough. I can make it there. Yeah, I brought you a and gift Century card City. somewhere. Oh, you did? Yeah. That's got, so nice. I got you a gift card. Well, well this is exciting. I want to, uh, yeah, I want everybody. And I, I said this on the Skinny Confidential, and she told me not to say it. I know, I listened. I'm going to say it again. If you're listening to this podcast and you come into Sun Life and you see me, grab me and say, hey, I listened to you and Jordan rap out. Yes. And, uh, and you said that you were going to treat me to a smoothie or an acai bowl. And- that is the truth. That's so nice. Yeah. So you guys listening, you better do that. You better look for him. And we have to tell the story of Jonathan going into Sun Life. Oh yeah. Way back when you guys opened. So he said he was 19, but he's he's 31. You guys opened seven years ago. So he walked in, he was young and he only had $6 with him and wanted to get the Wolverine smoothie and was looking. He's like, oh, I don't have enough with me. And you were like, don't worry about it. We're just going to give it to you. And you didn't even ask for the $6. You didn't even say, just give me what you have. You said, keep what you have. And here's the smoothie. And he'll never forget. He tells me all the time. Like he was so excited that you were coming over today. He's like, he's going to be in our apartment. And like, he'll never forget that people don't forget kindness. They don't forget a good heart. And you you share that with the world. I just, for me, I just think it's common sense. You know, when I was hungry, this guy named Greg, who unfortunately is no longer with us, and another guy named Robbie, and this guy Frankie, who's also no longer with us. If you hang out at 12-step meetings, you see a lot of people die, unfortunately. But I mean, these dudes bought me cigarettes, bought me, you know, a coffee, bought me lunch. Like they took care of me. You know, and I needed taken care of. I was I was desperate. I was hungry. There's this woman in Malibu named Sherman who owns a dog grooming place, and 
I had nowhere to go and I had no money and I couldn't get a job. And I went there every day and she, she was scared to give me too much money because she didn't want me to go run back downtown right. and score. But she bought me a medium, she bought me a medium pizza almost every single day. And she bought me my cigarettes. I, I smoked three and a half years into my recovery, which whatever I smoked for 20 years. It is what it is. I don't care. I'm not embarrassed. I'm glad I quit. Thank God. And if you haven't quit, look up, stop smoking and start living. It's a, it's a DVD CD set that you can get online. And it's amazing. It's got like a, I think like almost 90% success rate. If you truly want to quit smoking, look up, stop smoking and start living. There's this amazing hypnotist named Carrie Gaynard. Um, I go and I see him for anxiety and cool. um, dude's a miracle worker. I love hypnotists. He's a, I didn't. And I found out that a bunch of fancy, cool people went and saw him. Yes. I'm not going to mention any names, but <laughs> for all sorts of things, they can work. Listen, miracles. I, I'm scared of the ocean and I just got back from Oahu. I was in Oahu two weeks ago and I was way out open water ocean, super sharky, 80 feet deep. And I know that for a fact because my friend's a waterman and I was on the back mm-hmm. of the jet ski and a pod of dolphins came up out of nowhere so beautiful. and started racing alongside us. And he's like, dude, get in. Now I've been seeing this hypnotist dude and dealing with my irrational fears mm-hmm. and jumping in sharky water never in a million years. It's just not in my wheelhouse, right? It's not happening. And yeah. He said, get in. And I got in and I, I opened my eyes underwater and it was so blue and so clear. And these dolphins were just flying around underneath me and coming up out of the water. And look, I'm not going to lie and say I wasn't a little bit scared. It definitely, you know, was challenging, but the experience was, the experience was amazing. I mean, I got it on Insta Story too. Thank I God. I saw it. I saw everything. <laughs> oh, you did? I've okay. been looking at all your travels oh, and I okay. have seen the most beautiful thing. I want to go to Japan. Yeah. Honestly. I swam in waterfalls, meditated in where waterfalls. Where you were in Japan looked like my heaven. Yeah. Like the most serene place I've ever seen. Yeah. Kagoshima, Japan is is uh, is truly like another planet. I really, Shane, the guy that went with me to, you know, to help with the videos and the pictures and stuff. We were both awestruck. I mean, we were just speechless at times because we would just be like cruising up the road and there'd be like a 90 foot waterfall and no one in it. I mean, to be fair, there were signs everywhere that said danger. Don't go in. Uh (laughs) And the first thing we did was like take off our shirts and Mm -hmm. dive in. Yeah. It's, it's pretty special. And and life is really amazing. And you know, my, my, my whole message to anybody aside from like sun life and wanting to make people healthy and, you know, love, heal, inspire, which is on every wall and every sun life that you go into. That mm-hmm. that came from me talking to the original group when I think when we had 30 employees or 50 employees, whatever it was, there's 400 employees now. Wow. But when I was talking to the original large group and I said, guys, I'll bet any one of you in this room that every single one of our customers has a juicer at home. In fact, probably have a blender. <laughs> might even have two. No one is coming in here for juices and smoothies. People are coming in here because we are delivering happiness. People are coming in here because they need to feel a sense of community because this so-called social media is destroying us. Depression, anxiety, suicide rates are skyrocketing as a result of social media. It's making us 
so much further apart. So when people walk in the doors of Sun Life Organics, our job is to love them. Our job is to heal them. Our job is to inspire them. It's, you know, I mean, make them a juice and a smoothie too. And hopefully they buy something when they're here. But I mean, we are a business and we do need to pay the rent and I got to pay your payroll. But like, remember that your job is not to make juices and smoothies. That's a side product. That's a side gig. Your job is to look people in the eyes, to acknowledge them, to remember their names, to ask them how their daughter's doing, ask them how their dog is doing, ask them whatever. I can't tell you how many hundreds of stories that have been emailed to me, DM to me, Facebook message to me about how there's this woman in, in, um, there's a woman in Pasadena. I didn't know anything about this. I have nothing to do with it. And this is what I'm saying. Like Sun Life is very special today without me, right? It was a great idea, but this woman was going in there with her son and her son has autism. And apparently it's a pretty severe form of autism. And she was taking her son in there every single day because it was the only place where he wasn't like, I don't know what she, how she framed it, but having fits, essentially. The moment he walked in, he was just happy. And the kids there, they knew his name. They, they knew his drink. They knew not to touch him. They knew mm-hmm. how to you know, engage with him. And unbeknownst to me, um, I think the manager's name is Jordan or was at the time. Uh, or maybe it was Tori, but anyway, they threw him a surprise 15 birthday party. No way. Yeah. And the mom like lost it. The mom thought it was like the greatest thing ever. They got balloons. They got, and, and I hear stories like that about my employees all the time. I hear about how someone lost their dog and how they gave them a, a gift card, not out of my pocket, out of their own pocket. Because I always say to everybody working for me, if someone comes in and they're really hurting, if they're crying, if they're upset, like ask somebody how they're doing. And if you can afford it, treat them, but treat them out of your own pocket, right? If you don't have the money, if you can't afford it, I will give you the money. I will literally hand you the cash back. But I want these young kids to understand what it's like to treat somebody. You're telling the story about your boyfriend. I've treated thousands and thousands of people to smoothies or to bowls or whatever. Look, let's get the shallow part out of the way first. Many of the times it was a hot young, you know, 28 (laughs) year old girl like yourself. Okay. That's not me being a good guy. That's me being a flirt. And that's me being an insecure male. And that's me (laughs) looking for some attention. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm guilty of that. Um, (laughs) I'm sure I treated Bella Hadid the first time she walked in. <laughs> I would too. No, she ended up working for us. She did? Yeah, she worked there for two years. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, she's her Bella and Gigi are amazing. Before they were huge right, models, right. obviously. But um, but there's a lot of like, you know, old ladies that were having a bad day or like the mailman looked disgruntled or like the delivery guy that was bringing in our stuff like looked like he was having a really tough day. And I'm, I'm thrilled to treat people like that. And who benefits? You know the answer because you're a giving, loving person. I benefit. Yeah, when I'm treating someone, I benefit. I saw something in your husband or boyfriend, fiance. Mm -hmm. I saw something in your soon-to-be husband that I was looking at a mirror of myself. There was the light in him. You know, the yogi say namaste or whatever. Mm -hmm. I honor whatever it is in you that's in me. Like I saw a young man 
that wanted something that I had created. That Wolverine is my creation. Yes, and it's, it's kind so of, good. It's kind of like you saying like, hey, I love that one song and me uh-huh. being the guy that wrote the song. Well, that was what it was like for your boyfriend to come in and and to want that Wolverine and then be like, oh man, I don't, I, I don't have enough money on me. And I'm like, cool, let me buy it for you. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I'm the one that gets to feel great about that. And although I don't remember that particular experience, I, I hear stories all the time about people that had lost their dogs or one, one woman in Calabasas who lost her husband. And when she came in and the girl behind the counter said, are you okay? And she said, you don't want to know. And she's like, I do. And she just completely broke down and started crying and said, I lost my husband. He died. And she came out from behind the counter and she, she said, can I give you a hug? And she said, yes. And she hugged her and she treated her to a smoothie. And three years later, three years later, I was in Cross Creek and this woman walks in and she keeps looking at me. I'm like, do I know this woman? And she's in the line and she's looking at me and she's looking at me. And finally she gets up close and the kid's ringing her up. And I'm like, hi. And she's like, you're Khalil, aren't you? And I said, yeah. And she goes, I'm like, I- I'm thinking she's going to say, I read your book or whatever, right? Because right, right. me, 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 it's about <laughs> me. Like pay attention to me. And she said, I just want to let you know that um, Rocky, who works at your Calabasas location three years ago on this day, asked me how I was doing. And I broke down sobbing and crying because my husband had just died. And she treated me to my smoothie that day. And she said, I've been going into that store every single day since then because it makes me feel good. And it reminds me of my husband. And today is the three-year anniversary of that. And I wanted to come and give you a hug and acknowledge you. And oh, Wow. That man. makes me, that puts tears in my eyes. It was, it was a heavy, it was a heavy, heavy moment. And human being to human being, what took place in that situation was what was the reason why I wanted to start Sun Life Organics. There was so much nurturing and healing that went on in my life with my little hippie friend, Sean, bringing me juices and bringing me nuts mm-hmm. and bringing me avocados and all that goji berries yes. and nursing me back to life from a 109-pound broken, shattered man into a 161-pound happy, healthy, athletic man. You know, It took an entire village to raise an idiot and that's the intention behind the brand. And you can't make that shit up. You can't mm-hmm. fake that shit. There's no, you know, Darren Romanelli, the branding expert who is a great customer and I love, did not help me come up with my fonts and my colors. Everything you see when you walk into a Sun Life Organics is just the inside of my head. That's, that's, that's all, so cool. That's all it is. With your beautiful lotus flower. Yeah. Your, and the be here logo. now. And the be here now. People walk which in and they're like, like famous on Instagram now. Everybody pe- snaps there. People walk in and they're like, Why do you have a why do you have a unicorn with a rainbow horn on the wall? And uh, my answer is always, Why wouldn't I? Yeah. How could all you the things not? that make you happy. This is like having a unicorn on the wall is like just as cool as not having to use an alarm clock anymore because I'm rich. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's exciting. It I is mean, exciting. Yeah. The inside of your brain. Yeah. Beautiful place. Thank you. Do you have a favorite on the menu at Sunrise? Right now, it's the Keto Power Shake. And then I bounce back and forth in between the billion dollar bowl. And by the way, if you're listening to this podcast and you see me and you actually walk up to me and say, I listened to you on, on Jordan's show, you need to order the billion dollar bowl. Even I haven't if, had that yet. Well, it's a $35 bowl. Oh, so that's what they should come that's tell what they you. Should do. Yes. Yeah. Like hold me accountable. <laughs> yes. Yes. I need to try it. Anytime. Is it full of 
all the superfoods? It's got everything. I mean, it is massive. It's loaded up with collagen and, and vegan protein powder. I know that's a bit contradicting, but whatever. It's everything it I want in the entire shop in a bowl. So it's got all your berries and all your polyphenols and all your antioxidants, but it's also got the vegan protein powder, which I love. It's got the collagen, lotus pollen, maca powder, raw cacao, goji berries, cashew butter, raw local honey, and like Brad is the dude that helped me to create it. Do you know Brad? You know the redheaded kid that works at Sunlight? He's not a kid. He's 30, but- I don't know if I know him. No, Brad helps me with the recipes and- um, He's amazing at it. He's getting so good at it. I'm starting to dislike him because now some of his recipes are challenging my recipes. And I'm not so sure I like that. Um, I'm kidding if he's listening. So Brad is the one that helped me put everything together and make it palatable and make it tasty. And um, it's an amazing bowl. So I, I love the billion dollar bowl. It. I love the I love the keto power shake. Oh, the matcha goddess, the smoothie. Ooh, I Whoa. have to try that. Yeah. My favorite is the mint chip. Mint chip's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. That's, it that's like Brad's recipe. So thanks for like thanks, Brad. twisting the knife. It's, it's delicious. Now but I'm there's depressed. so many good. What <laughs> I used to always get the, it's actually not on the menu anymore, like a paleo bowl. It was like some kind of grass fed yogurt kind of thing. Oh, in a yeah. Bowl. That was good. My other partner said it didn't sell enough. So she oh, took really? it off the menu. I used to always get that. Yeah. In between. Not being vegan anymore and being vegan again. Yeah. That was, that was, I got it every chicken. morning. It's so good. Yeah. But everything else is good. Thank so you. you don't have to worry about it. Thank you. Lots of great new stuff coming out. Second book coming out. Uh, I think there's a documentary coming out. These really cool dudes from Hollywood want to do a documentary called I Forgot to Die. So, oh my God. Yeah. That's a huge deal. Yeah. So, has that started? Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'm That's excited. That's so fun. Yeah, it's kind of like a chef's table vibe, sort mm-hmm. of. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I love it. Me like swimming with dolphins and, you know, meditating Going under waterfalls. And, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. That's so cool. Yeah. So do you have a spiritual practice now? Now that all these different spiritual aspects have influenced your own healing, do you have like a daily practice? I do, yeah. It involves a lot of prayer and a lot of meditation, but I don't spend any time at all trying to name God or figure out the name of God. I just pray a lot. I pray before each meal and I pray when I'm walking. I walk on the beach a lot um, barefoot and ground myself to the earth. I do sauna five or six days out of seven, both the barrel sauna, the giant one that gets really hot as well as the clear light, far infrared sauna. I have both at my place. My place is like small. I mean, not, it's not tiny. It's like, I don't know, 1,600, 1,800 square feet, but it's three levels and I gutted it. I rebuilt it and I made it perfect. So I've got the sauna. I've got the Japanese soaking tub that stays cold all the time. So awesome. Yeah, it's at 38 degrees. Oh, Jonathan would die. Yeah. He loves all that cold yeah. stuff. So I've got that. I've got the, um, I do the sauna. I do the cold plunge. I swim in the ocean. I like to do this thing where I like to go like pick up. I don't normally don't talk about this stuff, but you asked, so I'm going to tell you. I like, I like it. to. I like to pick up trash on the beach when I'm walking and for two purposes. Well, it makes me feel amazing and it's the right thing to do. But then also they have these garbage cans all along Westward Beach and Zuma Beach 
and they're not that far apart, but they're far apart. And I walk at the water's edge because I feel like that's where you get the most negative ions and the grounding of the earth. But when I see the trash, I'll run really fast up to the garbage can, throw it in the garbage can, and then run back and then walk. So, you know, I get really good exercise from that. Yeah. And um, I try to, and this is a Mark Sisson um, idea. I didn't come up with this, but I try to like once a week or, you know, two or three times a month to sprint as fast as I can in the sand just to be a kid again and just to release all of those hormones and you know whatever is going on when you're sprinting like that. I love yoga. I own a yoga studio, so I do a good bit of yoga. Um, but my, my spiritual practice, because I have a very technical daily practice, but my spiritual practice is very much like if I were four years old and you were my mom and every day I'm just going to say, can you please hold my hand? Can you please walk with me right now? Can you please show me the world the way that you want me to see it? Because you're my mom and I trust you. Um, and I know you're going to protect me and love me. So my, my relationship with my spiritual practice or my, my relationship with God is it's very, very, very simple and childlike. There's nothing ceremonial about it. I went through a lot of spiritual pride in my early sobriety. I went off to India for a month and went out to all the temples and I went to Indonesia for a month and chanted and did the yoga and got all the right beads and the right, you know, dots on my head and ceremonial headdresses and I burned the right incense and chanted because this supposed saint hugging saint told me to chant this chant and then this monk or lama told me to chant this other chant. Like I used to have all the right chants and all the right clothes and all the right postures and all the right things to say. I got too caught up in that stuff and it started to look like spiritual pride. Um, I can be pretty articulate at times, especially if I have a little caffeine in me hmm. and just caught myself sharing at 12 step meetings, like a, like a pompous asshole. And getting away from the actual, the purpose of having a spiritual practice is to be close to God. And God, I, I feel like if I just communicate authentically in a simple manner, the results are much, much more profound. God, please be with me now. God, can you please hold my hand? I still suffer from anxiety and depression. I still suffer from sometimes an overwhelming sense of impending doom. And um, I, I, I'm still haunted sometimes by my demons late at night. If I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, I will go into this bizarre, like I'm scared of the dark all of a sudden. I think there's something under the bed or I'm scared there's something in the closet. I go into this weird, you know, thing and I just got to keep my, my relationship with my creator, with our creator, whatever, just super simple. Just God, can you please be with me right now? God, thank you for this meal. God, thank you for the massive abundance and prosperity flowing into my life right now. When I'm walking with, you know, shirtless and the sun's coming down, I'm going up Zuma Canyon hiking. I'll, I'll say, you know, out loud, thank you for this perfect health, this perfect wealth, and this perfect love. And I just say it over and over again out loud. Thank you for this perfect health, perfect wealth, and perfect love. And 
who knows, man, maybe I'm just one of those crazy whack job old men, you know, like talking to himself <laughs> now, whatever, but I'm just doing the best that I can in the day that I'm in. And I'm, I'm really, really giving it my best to become the man that God intended me to become. Be a good son, be a good neighbor, serve good food, be a good boss. I mess up every day. You know, I, I'm still a jerk. You know, so I, I walked in last night, my girlfriend was on the sofa and, um, and we have a great relationship and we very, very rarely argue. And I walked in last night, my girlfriend was on the sofa and she was watching the show Barry that I love, mm-hmm. but she was watching the newest episode, mm-hmm. which that's I know me, that like, like, what, what? And I'm like, what are you doing? And, and she doesn't answer because she doesn't, she does, she's not, she's not an idiot. She's not a child, right? right? She doesn't even answer. I go, what are you doing? I'm taking off my shoes. And she says, why are you yelling? <laughs> I'm like, because yeah, uh, and you're watching this. And she's just looking at me and she's like, why are you raising your voice? And I'm like, because you're watching my favorite show and you're watching the episode that I haven't seen. And she just very calmly says, you've already seen this episode and there's absolutely no reason to raise your voice. And I three more times said, I haven't seen this episode <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. And as I'm saying it for the third time, the kid in the background says, daddy, watch this. And she does a cartwheel. And I'm like, oh shit, I saw this like two episodes ago. That is hilarious. And she just looked at me and she went like this and I laid down and I said, I am so sorry. <laughs> I was wrong. I love it. You were right. And I put my head on her chest and she rubbed my shoulders and ended up falling asleep. She was catching up. She had fallen asleep while I had gone mm-hmm. three episodes further because I'm a jerk. And right. And mm-hmm. she's amazing. And, you I know. I love it. That sounds like such a familiar scene. I mean, look, men are not that bright a lot of times and women are much, much more evolved and we got to get together because that sort of seems how mother nature works. Unless of course you're into the same sex or whatever, but even that probably, you know, you can be dealing with a petulant child at times. Yes, I'm really, I'm really still very flawed and very insecure. And, and last night is an example of, I, I would have bet money. I would have bet 10 grand. I would have I mean, she would never do that because she's not a child, but I would have literally bet her $10,000 that I hadn't seen that episode yet and was acting like an idiot. So I got a long ways to go. I mean, I I present well on social media. Uh, My pictures are shiny and edited properly and glossy and, you know, I only post the good stuff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I love how you posted the picture of the rash. Like, holy yeah, that was my wow. life you are, for nine months. You are bold. You are strong. You are powerful. I mean, you're gorgeous as well. And you're even more beautiful in person, which I commented on one of your pictures. It's that like, was the best comment. It's shocking how much more beautiful you are in person. And it's usually, not usually, it's always the opposite of that, you know? Yeah. Especially with the so-called Instagram models. I know. Yeah. It's so true. Well, I, I have to tell you, you, you truly emanate. There's like, light that comes out of your face. Like Thank you. I can see your soul through Thank your you. eyes. It's pretty piercing. 
Thank you. When I look at you, like this happens sometimes. When I look at somebody, their whole face dissolves and I see it's happening right now. Wow. Such pure light. Thank you. So, so beautiful. Thank you. Well, I got nothing to do with that. That's my mom and me (laughs) and probably a little bit of my dad and my creator. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy that you're here. We could literally talk forever. Uh, Yeah, literally. So we'll have you back because we could talk about so many different subjects. We can talk about your new book, all the different things that you're going to teach people in remembering to live. Yeah. So Remembering to live. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. My absolute pleasure. This was a lot of fun. It It was was interesting not being able to hear myself, but I I, know, right? I need to figure that out. No, it's good. It challenged me to, to like get outside of my comfort zone and really like pay attention to what I'm saying. And no, this is good. Yeah. This is really good. I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. So where can people find you? People can find me, um, two, nine, one, six, nine. Oh, (laughs) talking about (laughs) social media, (laughs) Um, sun life cafes. People can find me at, uh, at Khalil Rafati, which is K-H-A-L-I-L-R-A-F-A-T-I, Khalil Rafati, or at Khalil Rafati. That's on Instagram. Um, I don't really do Facebook. I mean, if you went to my high school in Toledo, Ohio, <laughs> and I see that, I'm going to hit accept. But in general, Facebook has just gotten weird. It is. It is yeah. Weird. And um, mostly on Instagram, Instagram stories. And usually at, at like any of the Malibu Sun Lifes, there's two in Malibu or Century City. I love going there as well. Sometimes Calabasas, Thousand Oaks, um, and Palisades Village as well. I don't make it out too much to like USC. <laughs> I don't make it to the USC location that much. I didn't even know there was one over there. There's one on campus at USC. And oh. I, I, I awesome. find, I find, yeah, it's super busy. We do really amazing numbers there, but I do find myself sometimes feeling a little bit sorry for myself if I sit there long enough and think like, man, this would have been cool. You know, like I'm not, I'm not pro college. I'm anti-college unless you know what you want to do. Like if you want to be a lawyer or a doctor or a film director or something that requires a college education and you know that, like go do the shit out of college. But if you're like young and you have no idea what you want to do with your life, like, I don't know, man, I don't like going and spending 200 grand to go get a degree in, what do they call communications? Mm -hmm. Like go read a book. I agree. Go watch a documentary. Like I I'm, you know, I was such a dummy until I was in my early twenties and I started going to Lemley's fourplex in Santa Monica. And the only reason I went in is because there was this like super, these three like really hot women on this movie poster and a one guy. And I walked in, I didn't even know what a foreign film was. And I walked in and um, they start talking like whatever they're talking, like French or Italian or something. I'm like, what the fuck? What is this? And then I see the subtitles and I'm like trying to follow along and I'm trying to watch the movie and follow along or whatever. And I ended up going back over and over again because I wanted to understand the movie. Plus it was beautifully shot. It was such an amazing movie. It was, um, I'm going to forget her name, of course, but it was, it, I think, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's like Ibel Epec like mm-hmm. the beautiful episode or something like that. And, um, and it was about a, a soldier that had deserted the army and he went to move in with this family because he had to hide and all the daughters fell in love with him. Of course, such an idiot guy, 20 year old guy thing. But like, it was like, 
you know, every guy's fantasy when mm-hmm. you're 20. Um, but I became obsessed with going and I just kept going back and I kept watching more and more foreign films. And then um, ultimately I would watch them right when they would come out. So then I found Blockbuster on um, Montana Avenue and they had this whole foreign film section. And I just literally went from A to Z. Wow. And then back again. And I just, every day, I just kept watching foreign films. And then ultimately that read, that led to me reading books because I just wanted more and I wanted more and I wanted more. So I was able to develop a vocabulary and I was able to develop the ability to communicate. And your ability to communicate is like so intrinsically related to how successful you're going to be in this world. That's so true. Learn to communicate. I don't, and, I, and you know, I always run the risk of hurting someone's feelings by saying, don't go get a degree in communications. I'm just coming from personal experience. I paid for my ex's student's lo- student loans. I paid them off for her and I paid for her to go through school and I paid the rent at the time. Like, you know, I'm, I'm probably part of that is because I'm a good guy and probably part of that is because I was insecure and felt like I didn't deserve her and I wanted some sort of upper hand in the relationship. I don't know. I'm, I mean, we would have to get a psychologist in here to break it down, but she graduated and spent all that money and all that time and she's never done anything with that degree. Right. Um, other than it, it sits in the closet somewhere. It happens. Yeah. It does. So I don't know. I'm not like a big college person. I think you can like read books and like, you know, save and invest your money and, and go do amazing things. Don't ever let a lack of education hold you back from living a life beyond your wildest dreams. I love that. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Air one glass bottle. Yes. Drop. Yes. Air one glass bottle drop. It's perfect for us. Well, you're amazing. We're going to have you back. Thank you so much. All right, guys. I hope you absolutely loved this episode with Khalil. As much as I loved recording it, it was everything my heart and soul needed and more. Um, Being with him is like being with an absolute ray of light. As he says, he did not forget to die so that he could live in ordinary life. He lives a life that is so extra extraordinary. He touches so many people and I'm just truly obsessed with him and everything he's doing. And ah, I could go on and on. He's amazing. So definitely check out his book. I forgot to die. We can put a link in the show notes. Thank you to Khalil for coming on and to sharing your, for sharing your story and for just being you and being everything you are. Um, I can't wait to hang out with you so many more times and soak in your knowledge and read your second book and all of the things. And thank you also to our sponsor for today's episode, Silver Fern. Head to silverfernbrand.com and use the code BLONDE to get all sorts of probiotics and digestive enzymes and good stuff. They're the best. There's a reason why they're one of my only sponsors at the moment because I just only, only, only want to work with brands that truly set my soul on fire. And that's how I feel about them forevermore. And also, if you feel inspired to rate and review the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. It helps a lot with 
visibility and spreading our high vibe message with the world. And it just means a lot to me. And it's fun when you send it to me on email, jordanandthebalancemon.com, because then I can thank you personally for listening to the show and supporting and making my life a reality. And it just kind of connects us further than you listening and me talking into the ethers. So I love, love, love connecting with you and sending you that free gift, the yoga ebook, 200 pages of awesomeness. And join our Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook. And yeah, you guys are amazing. I can't wait to connect next week and to continue to release weekly episodes because let's be honest, it's really hard for me not to, even though I said I might not, that I might be taking a break, but that doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon. I just keep booking more and more dream guests that are making it really easy to show up and do this throughout the week. Um, and solo episodes are feeling really good and the intuition and manifestation course that I'm creating is channeling through pretty intensely and rapidly and with so much strength. I cannot wait to share that with you guys super soon. And on that note, uh, go follow Khalil on Instagram, go check out Silver Fern Brand and Come say hi to me on Instagram if you haven't yet. Love you guys so much. Have the most soul on fire day ever. Look for miracles everywhere. Look for your lucky number. Mine's 201 and my other one is 417. And when Khalil and I finished this interview, it was 417 on the dot. And I'm just willing to bet somewhere out there, somebody's listening to this and it's 417. So if so, tell me because it's my favorite thing when that happens. And the last time I mentioned that, I heard it from a lot of you that you were listening at 417, which was so cool or 201. So always looking for those angels, angel numbers everywhere. Um, oh, and going to Sun Life. Sun Life is incredible. And take Khalil up on his offer. If you see him in Sun Life, tell him that you listen to this podcast. He will get you a free whatever you want. As he suggests, get the billion dollar bowl, try it. It sounds incredible. And just enjoy life. I love you guys so much. Talk soon.